listening to The Running Public. From marathoners to mud runners, we all have the same goal. Get to the finish line faster. That's right. This podcast is for you guys, The Running Public. This is The Running Public's Training Tuesday. Training Tuesday is where we talk about training only. One topic, we dive deep, we explore it completely. It's training, it's Tuesday. Training Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Kirk DeWint is sick this week, and I was unable to really lock down a guest co-host. I had an idea for what I wanted to do with this, but I didn't want to rush it. And I've, I've been having something stuck in my craw these last few weeks. Something that's come up with conversations with athletes, something that keeps coming up in messages that we've had come to the podcast. And we've talked a lot on here before about how there seem to be themes. When we get Q&A questions, oftentimes if we get 20 questions, five or six will have the same theme. People seem to kind of cycle together on issues or problems or successes. And this one came to a head for me because I... A little backtrack, I guess. Tomorrow, I am going to my dad's school to speak with his group of young men who are kind of part of this pilot program to take at-risk kids and basically make them into men, contributing men rather than kids on a path for destruction in your community. And they're having a lot of success with this. And so they bring in, (laughs) in theory, functioning members of society uh, to talk to the young man and just say, here's here's my story, here's how I got to where I am, and here's something that has jumped out at me in my line of work as an important characteristic that a man has in order to be a successful, functioning man. Not a guy, not a boy, but a man. Because there is a definite, definite delineation between the two. Most of the male-based problems we have in our society are because they're being guys or boys, but not men. Now, this topic today has nothing to do with man, woman, child, boy, but the concept of what makes you a stand-up, fully functioning member of society really mirrors what makes you a successful athlete, a consistent athlete, a determined parent. Uh, someone who is going to take care of business in any walk of life. And we were talking about potential topics for what we're talking about with the students tomorrow. And we ended up having this conversation. We went down a rabbit hole based off of a few interactions I've had with athletes. And the concept was something that we have talked about on here before, but I am going to preach about today because I got all worked up about it in the car on the way to O'Hare International Airport. My parents are heading off out of town to Australia, and we're going to be stuck here in the Wisconsin winter. And maybe I was in a bad mood, but I got all fired up about this thing that's been happening. And now you guys get it as well. So without further ado, no real intro. We're just jumping right into it. When Kirk and I have worked with athletes, it has really mirrored when I worked with students as a teacher. And it mirrors the interactions we have with adults and children and teenagers in our normal lives, you know, interacting with people in the community and that I believe all people are sorted into two camps, one of two, and you can't be one and not, and, and the other at the same time, you can, you can only be in one camp. And that is you are either the person who finds a way to get things done 
or you're the person who finds a reason not to get things done. I think at our core, we are one of two people, and there is wiggle room. You can find a way to change from one to the other, but as long as you try straddling the line, you are the one who finds a way not to get things done. In my mind, as long as you're, as you're showing both characteristics, you can't be in the positive camp. You're still in the negative camp. You can show flashes, but you're really one camp or the other. You either get things done and you find a way to do so in any situation, or you always find a reason not to get things done. And this came to light, not came to light, this came to head with me this week because there were a few interactions on Instagram, a few interactions in email, and then I'm not going to put a timeline on this, a timeline on this because someone might feel called out. But in interaction with an athlete that I had worked with, where the consistent pattern comes down to always having an excuse for why they did not get things done. Whether it was dropping out of a race, whether it was not showing up to the race, whether it was not getting the workout done, whether it was not taking care of business in their day-to-day life, which led to not taking care of business in their athletic life, they always found a way not to take care of business. And it's a very frustrating place to be as an individual, but it's a place that you learn to cope because we learn to cope with anything. But the downside of learning to cope here is that you build up this repertoire of moves, this repertoire of responses and pieces of armor that you put on so that you stop over time feeling any share of the responsibility for why things don't get done. So when something pops up in your family, there's a family emergency, there's a personal tragedy, there's a work-related issue, there's a relationship issue, things were too emotional, I didn't get enough sleep, my boss made me work extra, we got dumped on with snow. No matter what the situation is, it's an instant, I'm not getting my workout done today. And over time, it goes from, oh, I feel terrible I didn't, to, well, I didn't get it done and here's why, to you just lead right with the excuse and don't even attach a personal feeling to it. And that's the stage it got to with this one individual athlete that I'm thinking of right now. But the, the, the tendencies and the traces are popping up in all these other interactions that I'm seeing with people, um, primarily when they reach out for either a consult or advice saying, listen, here's all the things I'm dealing with. Here's why it's not working. Uh, and so I need you to find a way to work around this. And there, most of them are getting to the point where they're stopping having uh, any amount of shame or guilt over not taking care of business, which is an indication that they've been not taking care of business for so long that it doesn't feel shameful anymore, that they don't feel that guilt associated with failing. Failing should have some guilt associated with it, but not debilitating guilt, but the type of guilt that makes you think, I'm fired up, I'm never going to let that happen again. And if it happens again, it's not because I'm apathetic about it. It's because I tried my best and it still got the best of me, but I'm going to do even better the time after that. They've moved past that. They've had so many reps, so many practices at passing the buck on to someone else that it no longer even appears to them in their inbox. They don't even notice anymore when they, when they give some really terrible excuse for something and expect me to feel a certain way towards them a good way. Like, hey, congratulations, you went through something tough. They almost feel like I'm supposed to be impressed at what they went through. 
And then this week I had an, a call with an individual who is the exact opposite of that, who is just someone who takes care of business. And this individual was running into this roadblock and they said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of this. Where I was trying to schedule for them, I was trying to plan for them. Their mornings were jammed, their midday was jammed, their evening was jammed. And the response was, well, I'll get up at four then. And then we talked and I said, well, on one of these days, we really do need to find a longer time block because to be prepared for an ultra, can we do it on low volume? Yes. Can we do it without being able to get to the mountains? Yes. Can we do it without doing a single workout longer than 60 minutes? Kind of, but it's really going to be suboptimal. I do not feel confident telling you that you're ready to attack this ultra when you haven't done a single workout longer than 60 minutes because you haven't had that that time uh, domain to work with. And they said, okay, then just tell me what days those are and I'll get up at three. I'll make sure that that works. And there was, it wasn't like a showy statement. It was just a matter of fact. Here's the problem. I'm going to find a way around it. And seeing that almost like slapped me in the face. It's like I was taken aback thinking, wait, what? You don't, you don't have an excuse for this? You don't have some, some sob story that I need to work around for you. No, you're just going to, you're going to handle it. What, what is that? And it, and it reminded me that, man, I'm even starting to get desensitized by all the people's excuses around me. And it really got me thinking about this. And then it came out on the talk on the way to Chicago as they're heading off to sunny Australia where it's 90 degrees right now, whereas we're getting snow right here. And it was just like the perfect mindset to be confronted by the dichotomy of people who get things done and those who don't. And one thing that my father and I were discussing is the fact that in this current day and age, we came up with these stories of people who went through great trials and tribulations and succeeded. And these make the great stories, right? Miracle, the hockey movie. We have things like um, Rocky. Rocky was a movie I was shown at like eight years old for the first time, and it changed my life. Even even things like Star Wars are based around a kid who is on this, you know, desolate, poor, forlorn planet, and then gets against all odds, makes it up and becomes the hero of the galaxy. Like all of these great stories start with someone who is really disadvantaged. And we associate that story, the hardship that they've gone through with this huge come up. This against all odds, you know, Team USA beats the Russians in hockey at the Olympics. It's never been done before, but they did it despite having all of these things, political, athletic, uh, systemic stacked against them. Having, you know, Jackie Robinson's story, things like this, where people are not set up to succeed. They have so many things go their way and then they do it anyway. And it's this huge heroic story. Well, somewhere along the line in our generation, primarily is what I'm hearing, you know, people plus or minus 15 years from my age is that we've skipped the ending and still expect the audience reaction. This terrible thing happened to me. This inconvenience happened to me. Pause for applause. There's this disconnect. Like we're missing the part where you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get to work and get it done. But no, that's being skipped right now. Right now, there seems to be a whole lot of people out there who feel that you are compelled to be impressed by how difficult their situation is. And the fact of the matter is, as difficult as it may be, as unfair and unjust as your situation may be, it's not special and it's not impressive. 
Maybe it should get my heartstrings, but there's real hardship out there all over the place. And so yours is not unique. I can feel for you. I can be empathetic towards you, but I'm not impressed by it. I'm not impressed by you experiencing hardship. I'm impressed by what comes next after the hardship. That's where the story is made. There are millions upon millions of stories that begin every single day that don't reach the production company for a movie because there was no next step. The terrible hardship happened and then it ended and life went on exactly as it was before or worse. And that doesn't inspire anyone. That's, this is a, a hard, cold sounding truth, but it's the truth. There are a million people in your exact situation right now going through your exact circumstance. So even though it sucks in your moment when your boss makes you work more or someone in your life gets sick or there's true personal tragedy, it is terrible, but it also is not unique. We are almost incapable of experiencing a unique situation in this day and age. Seven, seven billion people on the planet. It's really difficult for you to come up with a unique situation. And that should be comforting. That should give you the comfort that other people have survived this. Other people have found a way through. And if I don't, I'm choosing to be among the common mass of people that don't get it done. So no one's going to make the movie about you unless you do something uncommon in your common situation. That is the way to break this down in your mind. If you have no time throughout your day and the only way to get your workout done is to do something super uncommon to get it done, that's what the main character, the hero in a heroic movie, would choose to do. The side character, who the hero sees later on in the day as they're just getting out of bed, is going to make the same choice that you made when you skipped it. So no, I do not feel any amount of respect or, or gratitude for you sharing your hardship with me. I feel respect and gratitude for when you share what you went through and then how you got through it. In talking to the people who do get through it, it seems so simple and so black and white, which is their mindset. The entire way that they've wired their life is that whatever happens to me, is just a variable. It's a thing. I attach no emotion to it. It is just a, a one or a zero on the screen in front of me, and I am going to formulate a plan to overcome whatever gets put in front of me. I'm going to try to stay detached from it. I'm just going to say, yeah, this is going to suck to get up super early, but it's what's going to happen because otherwise I don't get around it. And if you're not approaching it that way, then I'm talking to you right now. And sometimes this is me. This isn't me high and mighty saying I'm better than you. I sleep in far too often and have to cram my workouts in somewhere else. That's okay. It's not about being perfect. It's about do you get things done or do you not get things done? Do you find a way to always be the person who is playing a bit of that victim card? Oh, you wouldn't believe what my schedule was like this week. Guess what? I don't care because I know someone with a worse schedule than you who gets their stuff done. You wouldn't believe the argument I had with my significant other. No, I probably wouldn't believe it. I don't care either. 
What I care about is what happened next. Did you allow that argument to also poison the well of your workouts, which in turn poisoned your next interaction with your partner because they are now, in your eyes, responsible for missing the workout? Or did you go out and nail your workout, come back with a renewed sense of commitment and confidence, and handle the next inspirational moment with your partner? Inspirational because you did it correctly now, rather than a destructive moment with your partner. You would not believe the travel that I had to endure. I had to get up at 6 a.m. to drive to the airport, and I didn't land until midnight. And from there, I didn't get to the hotel until 1 a.m. There was no way I could have raced well. Well, listen, not to toot my own horn, but you just described the exact situation that led up to me winning my biggest prize money I've ever ever earned in my life. 6 a.m., drive to the airport, Three hours of layovers, delays, land after midnight, no rental cars available, hitchhike to a to the motel, get up at 4 a.m. after going to bed at 1.30 in the morning to try to force some breakfast down, and then I had my best race of my entire life. Again, I'm not the poster child for this, and since I'm not, and I found a way through it, you can find a way through So I'm not impressed by your situation, I'm impressed by the reaction to your situation. And, it, and I think it takes some real deep, not takes, it requires some real deep introspection. If you find these words hitting you and you're confused, because that means that you are past the stage of self-awareness about being an excuse maker or playing the victim or martyr card. If every situation that happens bad in your life is someone else's fault and it correlates to you then skipping the thing, which would be you taking care of business, then we're talking about you and you're past that stage, which means you've got some real, real work ahead of you in terms of rehabbing the way that your mind approaches these situations. If you think while we're talking here, if you think this is so unfair, this is so uncaring, that's your first, your first indication that you react in that type of mentality. If you get upset towards me a little bit during this time or start running the scenarios like, well, he doesn't understand, that's your indication that you are this person. And it's okay if you are, because like I said, from the beginning, there's wiggle room here. We can jump from one camp to the other. You can fix this. There's no physical component to this. You can't be born without the physical capability to make a positive decision if you're at the stage where you've already chosen to try to run or work out. Like you, you're, you're not, you're lacking the disability that would prevent you from doing this. So since you're already here, it means you have the capacity to jump into the positive camp to become the person that just finds a way to get things done. But currently you're finding a reason not to take care of business. Sometimes all you have to tell yourself is if no one else cares either way, I might as well do the thing the hero in the movie would do. If no one's going to feel bad for me, if I don't get that dopamine hit of someone's sympathy, which I thought I've been getting this whole time, but now I realize no one really cares because this isn't unique, I should just do the heroic thing. If I lived my life as if cameras were rolling and I knew that every action and decision I made was going to be viewed and analyzed and ridiculed or praised by many other people watching this show, would I approach my decisions differently? If I had to sit back and watch season one and watch 500 situations where I complained to the camera about 
the situation I was in and continually stayed in a spiral, would I be embarrassed about that? I think so. Because I think that we forget how often we do it. But this, this mentality, this mindset that I deserve sympathy. No, we deserve pretty much nothing in life. Sympathy is certainly not one of it. And sympathy is not a currency. You've, you've wired your brain to seek sympathy and it fuels you for a little bit, but it sets you up for failure. It's a closed loop. You can't leave the sympathy loop if you come to rely on sympathy. Once you realize, almost never does the downtrodden character who stays downtrodden become the hero of the story, then you can take a look at your own training, your own life and say, okay, this is a zero sum game. I am getting nowhere with this. There is no heroic level I'm going to graduate to by playing the sympathy card. However, if I decided just for one week to say, I'm going to avoid seeking sympathy, I will tell no one of the hardship I'm going through. I am going to decide to find a way to get it done, no matter how nonsensical it seems. I will get done everything as it should be done for one week. I'm starting on Monday, and I will continue all the way through and reevaluate on Sunday. One week. I can go through anything for a week. No matter what happens at work, in my relationship, in my job, in my, in my family, with my health, with the health of those around me, I'm going to take care of business every single opportunity without complaining for one week. I can 100% guarantee that at the end of that week, you are going to feel better about yourself than you did on any one week where you played the sympathy card. Because sympathy currency does not add up. You take it into your account, and then it just evaporates out of it. The momentum of getting things done, that accrues interest. That stays in your account, and it powers the next decision. So you start for one week. I'm doing it all right for a week. Now that I've done it for a week, then you try it for two weeks. And then you try to hit a month. It's the only way out of this thing. You have to start without believing it. You have to start by saying, this doesn't make any sense. Everyone should feel bad that I'm in this situation, but I'm going to pretend like they don't, and I'm just going to try getting it done. It's the only way out of this. There's no magic fix. You just have to be uncomfortable for a little bit because you have grown to need the approval of others via sympathy. But what you don't get out of sympathy is respect. You don't get awe. You don't get admiration. Those are the type of dopamine hits that are earned through work. Sympathy, you can feel bad for a dog that was struck by a car and is laying in the gutter. No one's admiring that dog. You feel bad that it was in that situation. That's about as far as sympathy goes. You can feel bad for someone's situation, but you feel better for them when they succeed than you feel bad when they sit in failure. This message is going to sound very harsh, and we stick away from absolute absolutes on this podcast. We trend away from that a lot because so many of these things, it is a, there is a gradient to it. There's a spectrum of where you could lie around this, but this is one that I just believe too firmly you have to be firm with, and that is there is no sympathy card for us to ever play as athletes. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about your excuse. Nobody cares how bad you have it because guess what? They've had it just as bad and most likely they got through it. And if they didn't get through it and you talk about how bad it is and how you can't get through it, 
Best case scenario is that they feel called out by it and they become more active on their pursuit of getting things done and now they have disdain for you. Worst case scenario is that you embolden each other through this shared bond of experience of not getting it done to continue not getting things done. Things poison the well with sympathy. Now, I'm not talking about like, hey, my mom died. You know, we could use your well wishes. Uh, We could use your sympathy right now. Have a little grace with us. That's not the type of thing I'm talking about. Obviously, there's a place for sympathy in this world. But I'm talking about barriers that you have decided to not seek a way around. That does not deserve recognition. That does not deserve me to say, oh, man, that sounds like it's so tough. I can understand why you didn't get your workout done. Even if I give you a little bit of that deep down, I'm thinking, this person just doesn't get it. This person is not a doer. They are not a finisher. They are not the person who finds their way around. And that really is not admirable. There's a scene in the movie Troy, and I may have even referenced it on this podcast before. But he's about to fight one-on-one for the uh, for all the marbles. They pit one army against the other, and the general says, hey, instead of killing all of each other, instead of having all this happen, just choose your best warrior and mine, and whoever wins there decides the battle. And the other one says, all right, great. And he sends out this seven-foot giant. And Achilles, the hero of this movie, walks right up and gets ready to fight this guy. And the young kid who's supposed to carry his armor or his sword or whatever, goes, that's the biggest man I've ever seen. I wouldn't want to fight him. And Achilles looks down at him and totally cold-blooded and rude says, and that's why no one will remember your name. And it's really harsh and it's rude and it's inappropriate and it's not the right thing to tell a developing child. But he has a point. And that point is no one remembers the person who backs away from adversity. There are no songs written about the person who had a bunch of hardships and didn't get over it. There are no stories written about the people who, when they encountered a roadblock, shrugged and went back home and got back into bed. That's not what history is built upon. That's not what people talk about and remember. Not that everyone on this planet is destined for greatness, But if you committed to living as if there were cameras on you at all times and you were supposed to be the hero of the story, your life would improve. If you continually decided, you know what the audience wants to see right now is how I get out of this situation. This seems hopeless. This seems like an inconvenience. Let's inspire someone today. It doesn't matter that no one's watching. You can gamify any situation and get it done. But there's almost no one out here whose life would not improve if they decided in every moment, I'm making the heroic choice. I'm making the choice that if they were making a movie about my life, the main character would make. If you lived your life that way, you would be far more successful than you would be if you just decided, eh, I'll get it tomorrow. Name the movie where the hero said, eh, I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll start this I'll start this diet on next Monday. No sense starting something on Wednesday. Oh, I know the damsel's in distress, but I didn't get great sleep last night. I think I'll wait till tomorrow. That movie doesn't exist because that doesn't speak to anybody. And so you shouldn't allow it to speak to you in your life either. 